Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings Statistics, on. Uh, they can be like bathing suits. What they, you know, what they... <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What, what they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, the final post-draft edition of Draft Weekend 2021. Saturday has come and gone. The Eagles made six picks, and we are here to talk about them. Sheil Kapadia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris, and me, Bo Wolf. We've got plenty to get to, but I think we should start with, you know, this is an Eagles team that tells us that they learn from their mistakes, that they are ready to turn over a new leaf, and yet on the heels of last season and last year's draft, when they create a quarterback controversy, out of thin air by drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round. They decide once again to foment quarterback controversy this year by signing Jamie Newman and and bringing in a guy who everybody's going to be talking about is ready to take Jalen Hurts' job. What are they doing? Uh, this was a, an interesting draft to discuss for the Eagles, and we are leading with Jamie Newman uh, <laughs> because he went to Wake Forest two years ago. Is that right? Is that is that why we no, are I'm discussing just saying, him? You know, you're, yes. you're bringing in a guy who's ready to take this job. Take Zach, this job uh, with it. Zach, how are you? Zach, there, I'm have, doing been, great. there have been yep. some requests, you know, uh, uh, pre the Zeeburm tenure on Birds with Friends, which which was a dark time. Uh, let, let's be honest. You brought the juice. But my move always when Bo does something like that is just silence. You know, let him deal with the silence. Whenever he wants to resume, he can resume. So, you know, we might have to bring that back a little bit. Uh, no, 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 because that's your move. Zach, is that, it's, yeah, this is like a coach. A, a coach has to be authentic. Zach has to be <laughs> true to himself. He's not willing to just let it sit there. Okay, that's true. Um no, it was. Uh, it's nice that the draft is over. I think it was a fun three days. They entertained us. I mean, when we made our predictions, we could have never guessed we'd be talking about what we talked about last night. At the I'm same still time, laughing about the Donahoe thing. <laughs> at, the, at, at the same time, they got some fun, interesting players. I, I think most fans would be happier with this draft. I would say, I don't know, maybe later on we can compare it to like the last three or four, but I would guess that the approval rating from Eagles fans, and you can tell me uh, if I'm wrong for those of you in the chat and in the comments, would be higher for the Eagles in this draft than like the last, I don't know, uh, what should we say, five? 
No, five would be too many, right? The, the nah. 19, 2019, 18, go to back to 16. 17. Yeah. So it was certainly more than, last, than yeah. last four. Yeah. So, did, anyway. did people dislike the 19 draft? You what know, at the 19 time, draft, you know, I don't know. True, but but Miles Sanders had had juice at the time. There was true. There was no. No, there was thinking that Andre Dillard uh, is going to be your future left tackle, and then JJ uh, Ortega Whiteside. Well, this was like, pre. This was pre what we know about JJ now. I mean, I don't think anyone was like running. I mean, I don't think there was like a lot of juice JJ. about JJ. We have to go back, I mean, and you know, I am open with my draft misses. I come out and tell you, Jalen Rager, of course, you know, Bo Bo has this revisionist history, like he crushed every one of these picks. True. Even though I remember Marissa came up big the one yeah, time, no, I and was skip our mm-hmm. grades for Andre Dillard, and I think Bo he was saying he I liked it more than him, and he had a higher grade than me. So somebody, yeah, it's a, who's it was in a bad job. I mean, because I didn't like Dillard in the pre-draft process, and then I got suckered in by by thinking it was good value. Well, you know, that's gotta, what happens. I got I I to go back to the drawing board myself. I think you're right, Zach. Uh, I think you bring up a good point. Yeah, that did that seemed like a a good draft uh, at the time with those three players. I, I mean, the idea of it seemed good, right? You were adding a franchise left tackle. You were potentially adding a starting wide receiver and a starting running back uh, in the first two yeah. rounds of that draft. So I think you're right. You you make a good point there. It still was only five players though. Sure, and one of them oh, was yeah, Clayton I mean, Thorson. It was, it was yes. three picks in the first oh, two rounds. God, yeah, yeah, it was Clayton <laughs> Thorson. And without well, Sharif, Sharif Miller, Miller too. Had, Sharif Miller yeah. had juice, right? There was excitement about Sharif Miller. Did he have juice? I mean, he had juice to you because he's from Philly. Yeah. No, I think fine. for fans, I think if you take a Penn State defensive end, it has more juice than a Coastal Carolina defensive end. Well, we're talking about the fourth Ooh, round geez. versus the sixth round. Zach, again, just coming from Houston Baptist last night. <laughs> Coastal Carolina. Tonight. No, I'm, I hate small school. No, no. Well, first off, Coastal Carolina is a legit program. That's one of the top yeah. programs in college football. You're the one who just denigrated You just them. ripped it. Yeah, you're I'm the saying, one calling it I'm terrible. I'm saying for, uh, for the fan base, there's obviously going to be more excitement about a Penn State defensive end from Philly than there would be a Coastal Carolina defensive end in the sixth round. But that's but we don't need to compare it to the 19th draft. In any yeah, event, this is Apple's Mondays, yeah, yeah, Mondays uh, – oh, I'm sorry, not Mondays uh, – it's all, you know, the beginning of the week to me is the beginning of the draft. Thursday's pick was the first one in years that was like uniformly adored by Eagles fans. I don't think there was anyone who was I like, can't remember. I can't believe they ended up with Devontae Smith. I can't but, remember but, a pick, yeah. an Eagles first round pick that was, that was, yeah, so, so universally, um, Praised by Eagles fans, more like more juice. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go back and think. Not like I don't think in the past twelve years, right? Yeah, Not I in mean, the, my time covering team. Well, Carson Wentz probably ha- had that. True, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. but that's, that's true. different. I mean, quarterback, what, yeah. wide receiver is you know. A first round wide receiver is almost always going to be exciting unless you take a yeah. first round, <laughs> unless there's like two guys and everybody wanted yeah. the other guy, which yeah. is what happened uh, last year. So, but uh, yeah, it's, no, it's I, also it's the Heisman Trophy winner who like yeah. people have people are saying that. And he's fun. He's so but... fun. Like, exactly. you know, if you're a casual college football fan and just watch like the playoffs or whatever, the SEC, you know, an hour each Saturday. Yeah, let's like, get this troll out of the comments uh, here. This, this Dingberry who's, who's uh, just uh, writing Giants 
Giants, Giants. I don't, come do on. Do we even have, do we even have the ability to do that? I, I know nothing. I do. Okay. Oh, oh, big flex. All right, outstanding. But uh, yeah, I, with Marissa. Yes. I, I think in casual conversations with people who weren't like um, you know big football fans or diehards leading up to the draft yeah. who would just be making small talk with me. Yes. Flexpo. Uh, you know, Devonte Smith was like the name that came up. Like, yeah. are, are they going to take yeah. Devonte Smith? Yeah. Who do you think they're going to take? I think they should take Smith. You know, that, that yeah. came up. And so, um, I agree. Like if Smith ends up stinking, uh, I don't think man, I don't, I, you know, go on the record now and say you were against the pick. I think most people would we say all were on, we were all on board. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but I, I was on, I, I do want this on the record cause I could be wrong too. Like if 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 Justin Fields goes on to be a really good quarterback, I wrote and I said I think they should have taken Justin Fields this year um, because I think Justin Fields is a better player than Jalen Hurts, and I think you need a quarterback going forward. But I have no problems with Devonte Smith as the player or the pick. And to your uh, credit, you asked Howie Roseman about just or I guess the quarterbacks and Justin Fields tonight, and like we had this post draft press conference, we don't get to talk to Howie. Probably until cut down after day. the season. Oh, cut, no, down. cut down. We'll day. talk. We'll cut talk to him day. on cut down day, and if oh, they wow. and if they make a trade, and we have like you know these these very short sighted questions. Can we ask some big picture oh, questions? Oh, ripping his peers here. How do you like, think about do that? We need, you know? Do we need a third Zach Ertz question? I mean, Zach can't comment here. Zach is the what? What are you, president? What's the what's <laughs> your title? Well, I'm writers. just salty. Yeah, I'm just I mean, salty yeah. because he's got to keep out. the peace. He can't be associated with this nonsense. I'm salty because it it played out exactly as I expected. I had to ask the bad question yesterday. I had to be the the tough guy, and then I got shut out again today. Well, listen, that's, you know, uh, I'm sure we have all asked questions that other reporters have rolled their eyes at. So everybody's working on something different. Oh, I I asked, you know, we were asking, we're talking to prospects today. I'm just asking them, like, where they are. Give me, give me some, uh, some background on like what your weekend's like, you know? That's, that's some juice. Hey, that's, oh, that's my color. gosh, Marissa, this guy's coming back here in a different name. <laughs> oh, my God. Get out of here, you loser. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, so I think the two God. big things from this draft are nice. <laughs> oh, outstanding. Uh, I think the two big things from this, this is draft. The, this is the most fun Marissa's had on, on one of our podcasts <laughs> in a very long time. The past <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I told Marissa Watch this. I told him, Marissa, this, uh, you know, I, we, we finished however late it was last night. You know, we, we talked about like, you can't just go right to bed. You know, your brain's still working. Then Jane wouldn't sleep for a while last night. So it was a very late night. I get up this morning. I do a little, I do like a half an hour on the bike because I feel uh-huh. like I got to get, get the, uh, get the stuff going. But wow. I'm so exhausted. All I want, all I want is my, is my latte. I go and get my latte. It's like 1130. The draft's about to start. What? I put it down. I put it down on my, on my desk. And I spill it all over the place, like on my computer. Now my speakers won't work, even though the computer was closed. Just such a mess. What a just what a terrible start to the day. What kind of bike? You got, you got like a Peloton or something at home? Oh, wow. oh he's got the Peloton. Look at this guy. Yeah, I didn't want to reveal life. that. I didn't want to reveal wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Very that was nice a, that was a that was a Christmas present that arrived in like uh, March. So wow. Good. So are you enjoying it? Is, I is am it enjoying it. The hype? I've, okay. I've gone, uh, I've, it's like, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is the first day that I did it. I haven't, I've, I've done it every day since. Wow. Very nice. Good job. Now good. you two are quiet. Do both of you have Pelotons also? I saw you were a little, yeah. a little quiet over there. I, I did no. the Schuylkill trail yesterday. 
I listened I I listened to uh our podcast at one and a half yesterday and uh it's it's a lot different it's a lot different experience at one and a half than it is than it is in real time which one the Thursday night or the Friday night the Thursday one okay not as fun are you a uh, are you a Peloton family over there I have a desk bike um, oh yeah, you I showed it to my us. Computer yeah, computer on. Yeah, right. that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, it's great. So while I'm working from home instead of sitting in a chair, I can pedal a little bit. So I do like. I feel like we have like a you know summertime like charity event here. We got to do like a bike race between. Oh, I like that. All, you know, on the Google uh, Trail or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not a great biker. <laughs> if it were a real bike, I mean, I would be oh, running can... into people. I would be falling into oh, the bushes. Get hit by a car you don't sure. want to see me on a bike. <laughs> I, I can barely I like, ride a bike in real life. <laughs> By the way, it's it's nine twenty. We barely talked about the draft. Like <laughs> we got plenty of time. Buckle in. We got, I, we got I, friends here in the chat. We're gonna we're gonna be here for a while. Come on. I did oh, enjoy God. how hesitant and embarrassed Bo was when he realized I was asking about the Peloton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this isn't happening. It's okay, Bo. You Exercise is good. Yeah. It's you okay. okay. All right. Uh, so the two things I will remember from this draft or the two things I think this draft will be judged on, you know, when we're doing uh, birds with friends, unless uh, we get fired in before then in like 2024. 20, uh, One, I think, is you can't unsee the scene, the fist pound scene. I mean, especially <laughs> especially if there are more like reports so or funny. questions about the sort of collaboration, the teamwork, the culture in the building, you know, that's going to come up over and over again if there are those things and then i think zach nailed it with the other one i mean if justin fields goes on and is a you know a top whatever 10 quarterback let's say for years to come if he looks good right away in the fall that's certainly going to be a second guess there on the other hand if he has a terrible career yeah. you know they'll deserve some credit that they didn't force the pick there yep, they absolutely. did their evaluation they trusted it and then of course Devonte Smith but really you know like like I said I think the process for Devonte Smith was sound I think if you look at it it's, there's no guarantees. We know that it might not work, but I think the process was sound. So I, I don't think that is one that it will be fair to crush them on if it doesn't pan out. Uh, not that that won't happen, but if that do doesn't pan out in years to come. So that's kind of my big picture look at, at what we saw in this draft. Well, I, I have two other um, quarterback takes there that because I do agree <laughs> with what you said about the plus or minus of Justin Fields. But if if Jalen Hurts goes on to be good, Right. Then, you know, even if 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 Fields is good, that you can look at it like they gambled on Hertz and and it worked. You know, if 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 Hertz is like above league average, yeah, uh, even if they're in the same ballpark. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is if is if they have something up their sleeve, like if if, if there's a if there's a Deshaun Watson, mm. if there's a Deshaun Watson. Oh, I hope there's not a Deshaun Watson. Well, I mean, thing. I'm just like, like, clearly, come on. Uh, well, a, I mean, here, just let me talk this out for a second. Uh, I, I mean, Houston took Davis Mills in the third round, right? It certainly seems like this is setting up for him to play elsewhere. There was or a nowhere. Well, there was a lot of speculation about San Francisco. It's not going to be San Francisco anymore. Miami is still looming. I suppose Carolina could potentially still be looming, but, you know, they, they did trade for Darnold, and it's not like they traded nothing for him. Um, and, and so uh, – the Eagles were never mentioned as a – oh, and then the, the Jets have been mentioned as a team. You take that off now. 
Um, so really it's, it's, it's getting down. Like there aren't as many teams that you would consider to be candidates, maybe Denver, but Denver is also seems I, to be looming in this potential Rogers move. So there is there. I, nobody can trade for Deshaun Watson right now. Right well, now. I, I, I yeah, I, I said, eventually, a, right. Like it's this a is, total non-starter, I think. Right. And, but, but at, at some point here, there's, there's, there's going to be resolution. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, I, I understand mean, what you're saying. I mean, it doesn't yeah. even like feel right to, you know, you feel kind of like to talk about even, him as a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. But Zach is not mm-hmm. incorrect. I mean, we don't know how I, the next. I'm not making ever, an assessment on, on like, to that point, yeah. though, there's also there's also a path where Jalen Hurts is. I mean, Justin Fields is, is much better than Jalen Hurts, but the series of moves they made allow them to get a quarterback next offseason who is better That's than true. Justin Fields. Um, so you have to think about that as well. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see. Yeah, what they do uh, I mean, but, but what Zach's saying, I mean, if you think those conversations have not taken place in the Novacare complex, you're nuts. I mean, no one knows how it's yeah. going to play out, Bo, you're right. We don't, we don't know when he's going to play, if he's going to play, what his life's going to be like, what other, you know, how this thing is going to go forward. So it's, it's really difficult to, uh, talk about, but certainly during the NFL network broadcast, I mean, they were having a pretty lengthy conversation about it with, Daniel Jeremiah saying there's no one in the league that believes that Deshaun Watson's playing another snap for the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes, do you believe he, his career's over? Do you believe he's going to be back in the NFL? Do you think he's going to be on a roster in 2021? All those things. So um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. You, I, I mean, there is time between, you know, the Aaron Rodgers thing came out of nowhere. So who knows? I mean, I, I would be surprised if there was like another big shooter drop at at quarterback, given that the draft is over. But Zach is right. I mean, you, you don't know what kind of opportunities are going to present themselves. And also, I, I guess the bigger point would be after next season is probably the big thing. Sure. I mean, there, you know, let's say the Seahawks don't make the playoffs and right. Russell Wilson's available. And all of a sudden you look at some of the Eagles young players and Devontae Smith is uh, offensive rookie of the year. And Jalen Rager has a big second season. And all of a sudden you're thinking, wait a minute, you know, you, we might be able to compete here sooner than we thought. And you look into a move like that so there are kind of a lot of uh balls in the air balloons in the air what's the balls in the air balls in the air air. okay i think that um the the fields thing is like i wish i wish we could have gotten another question about the quarterback situation to howie in because it is i mean we talked about this last night and thursday night but to me it is framed as like they made this decision when they traded down from six to twelve and how much of that was uh, colored by your evaluation of Jalen Hurts versus like your evaluation of these individual players. And he said, how he said something to the effect of like, you have to talk about them individually. But like, I, I believe even if, even if they graded Justin Fields as a first round quarterback, I believe that once they made the decision to trade down, they were not going to take him no matter what. No, I, I think they, I, I think when they, I think when they made how that trade down, that? I think that's what they did. I think when they what traded Devon- down, they decided, well, yeah, maybe if maybe if, you know, they like Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson falls to them somehow. But I, I think there was no um I think when they traded down from six to twelve, you're you're loading up on future firsts. You have potentially three first round picks next year. I think they were committing to Jalen Hurts for one year, and now we have ammo to make a move for a quarterback next offseason if we need to. Uh, I I don't think I think if they had him graded highly, 
and they made that move, I think there definitely would have been a scenario where they take him. I, I don't think they liked him enough to want to yeah, I agree. So I don't think they graded him highly. Now, John does make a good point in the comments that if Devontae Smith is having that kind of year and Jalen Rakers having that kind of year, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, is probably playing pretty well at least. But that that could be the really the tough decision they face is that Jalen Hurts is like the, you know, 16th or 17th best quarterback yep. in the NFL. And you have one camp saying, well, it was only his first full time full year as a starter. And let's say they're around 500 and he's mediocre give him a chance. And then you could have another camp saying, well, you know, he, he didn't play that great and he doesn't have that ceiling. So that's realistic. We always talk about, talk about it. Like you're going to have this very clear resolution after one year, you know, like even with like Tua in Miami, right. That's probably the conversation they're having is all right, let's see what he's going to do. We've got him weapons and we'll know at the end of the year. Well, what if the guy's like right. in that middle range, you know, they, there's top five, there's bottom five. And then there's a, a big, middle where you don't really know what to do with the guy and you have to weigh all your options. So that certainly could be uh, a scenario that plays out. All right. Should we get to uh, the picks they made and their important ramifications? What sure. are the important ramifications? Well, we've got three games. To decide. Oh, right. No, I, I thought you meant on like the roster. Should, should we at least do a rundown of the picks today before? We That's to what I'm going to do. We're going to do it. I'm going to run down the I'm going to run down the picks, okay. tell, you the, tell you the ramifications for the game, and then we can talk about the players. Because like okay. they might have acquired a, a starting cornerback today. They acquired a running back. Yeah, we're going to have time to talk about all that. Don't you worry. Okay. Don't okay. you worry. All right. Okay. All right. With the first pick, with their first pick in the fourth round, they take Texas Tech cornerback Zach McPherson. Now, it's exactly. actually pronounced Zach, but yes. uh, oh. I mean, we're definitely going to be calling you Zach. For a long time. Oh, I, I specific I specifically asked him this, and he was like incredulous. On oh, I don't say he was incredulous, but he was like, yeah, he was like, he was almost like obvious. Yeah, Zach, not and I thought I, it was I didn't Zeke to, when I first read it. And uh, well, they made the joke. Rich Eisen made the joke. Zach from Tech. Um, That's right. But and of but, course, the no, love child of you and Chris McPherson. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, am I supposed to go with that bit? Like, um, <laughs> that would have been a good time to be silent. You could have tried out the new tool in your toolbox. Uh, okay. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, no, it, it we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to Zach. Um, but so, you know, the deal here, let's, let's, let's talk duck, duck juice first, because that is the preeminent draft game of birds with friends. Uh, round one, Shield had a wide receiver that gave him seven points. Round two, Shield got an interior offensive lineman in Landon Dickerson. That was a six-pointer, which gave him a monster 13-0 lead. But then in round three, Zach got Milton Williams, which was a five-pointer. Then he gets Zach McPherson, which is a four-pointer. So he crawls to 13-9. to nine. Then in the fifth round, the Eagles... Take Memphis running back Kenny Gainwell, and Zach had a running back as well. So he pulled within 13 to 12 against Shield. Then you move on to the sixth round, and you get first USC defensive tackle Marlon Tui Pelotu. Did I get that right? I think I did. And uh, Zach has defensive tackle. So he pulls ahead 14 13. And boy, are they jockeying. Zach and Shield, I'm shut out. And then we get, as you said, the Coastal Carolina defensive end, Teron Jackson or Johnson? Jack, uh, uh, Jackson, right? Jackson. 
Jackson, Teron Jackson. So I get two points. I'm back on the board. And then we go to the back end of the sixth round after the Eagles trade uh, their one of their two sixths and one of their or one of their four sixths and one of their two seventh for a future fifth round pick with Washington. Good trade. Good trade. Yeah, good trade. Um, and they take, and this is where it gets very interesting. <clears throat> they take LSU's Jacoby Stevens, who played safety at LSU, was announced as a linebacker. Was was announced on the broadcast as a safety. Was announced on the team. broadcast as a safety, but the team as a linebacker. Team, yes. Team and linebacker. Uh, I have linebacker and Shield has safety. And this is a huge decision because if it's safety, Shield takes the lead. If it's linebacker, Zach remains in the league and in the lead. And then in the seventh round, they take a defensive end, uh, which is just mine anyway. So it doesn't matter. So the, it all comes down to what position. Although, wait, wait, Jacoby, wait. You're saying he's a defensive end. They announced him as a linebacker. Well, I have linebacker too. So it doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, okay. Both of those okay. things I get. Yeah. So it doesn't matter for gotcha. the game. So it gotcha. all comes Sorry. down to what position Jacoby Stevens plays. I asked him the question. And. I knew that there were big duck, duck juice ramifications. I, I love here. that you're sorting this out during his media availability. I didn't ask what position are you. Now, we have said ahead of time that the rule will be what position he lines up at first. But the question I asked him I don't was, know if it was first. It was like, where where are the coaches playing him? It was day one. It was day one. Where is it day one? I believe that was Zach. I mean, why is Bo even talking? He's had like one point in this whole thing. (laughs) Zach and I I just got, you know, I'm I'm still waiting to discuss these players, right? Yeah. Go ahead. The decision. I asked him, I asked him, you know, who you've been, which position coach you've been talking to throughout this process. Okay. I think that's fair. He's been talking nonstop to Nick Rallis, the linebackers coach. He will be a linebacker for the Eagles, I believe. So okay, so we'll uh, see in the spring. But that's fair. I did. I was. I was ready to come on and really uh, be aggressive and defend it. But I can't defend it if he's been talking to the linebackers coach. Uh, if they want to be the only team in the NFL to employ a 212 pound linebacker <laughs> and you know unveil this great defense, then uh, more power to him. Uh, so congratulations to Zach for winning. But for now, yeah, for now, for winning. A month, yeah, uh, for winning. Honestly, I, I'm. I'm not gonna like. Uh... You know, be, be this isn't gonna this this is not going on my resume. I'll put it that way. Well, wow. I mean, that's shot across, Bo's bow. Jeez, wow. I mean, shot across all of our bows. <laughs> Zach you, has been I crushing mean... people all weekend, and I didn't. I, I guess <laughs> yeah. I should have figured it was only a matter of time before we'd be in the uh, not crushing people in the crosshairs. I would uh, think I other than quickly, your I, I other than go. your hold on. I would think other than your immediate family, Bo. There's I don't think there's anything you've thought about more than the duck duck juice draft <laughs> that's over the true. last several weeks. So that's guy. Over the last several weeks. Bit. No, that's not true. No. I mean, if he was coming at me for uh like the uh, roster prediction title belt, then you know, then we're getting serious. I'd say. Well, it's because Bo is not involved, Zach. I mean, if he were tied with you, then it would be a different conversation. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was coming through that's it impartial. Fine. Um, the owl you know draft in which we uh, draft specific players. Unfortunately, not of action. Not a lot of action today. So Shield had uh, the lead with Milton Williams, six points to my four points for Devontae Smith. And there was not a lot of action. Zach had Isaiah McDuffie to root for today. I had Dylan Moses and Will Fries to root for, but uh, none of those guys got picked. So Shield takes down the alley you know draft. Hmm. And then Turkeys to the Kingdom was, uh, was a runaway for me. So we all end up with one victory. 
Turkeys to the Kingdom. I mean, that's like a weekly game. I don't even know if that's in the The, same category. Turkeys to the Kingdom pre-draft game is is easily the uh, third ranked in importance of the three games. I totally agree. Uh, I don't even know if it should be mentioned. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's let's go uh, let's go through the pick, Zach. Let's play. Let's go let's, through it's it. Let's talk about the the lead. Let's Let's talk football. Let's football. Lead this is an Eagles <laughs> podcast. Yes. It's a big let's, day for the Eagles. Okay. Let's, let's discuss the players they drafted. Players. During let's talk the about the players. Yes. We, we talk about football on this team. It's our job. Okay, uh, Zach McPherson. The Eagles take at uh, one twenty three in the in the fourth round. Um, he is a, uh, a Texas Tech corner, a transfer from Penn State, who really couldn't get on the field at Penn State, then transferred to Texas Tech, uh, became a captain, inside-outside versatility. People say he's got some ball skills. Brugler liked him, but um, consensus-wise, like he was he was a low-ranked player, but it, it seemed like this was the area he was going to go. Now, Howie said a thing on the uh, post-press conference about how the Eagles were like thinking about trading up for him in the, at the back end of the third round yesterday. Which I do not believe. I they wouldn't have come down for the press conference at that. They time wouldn't have come down for the press traded. conference, and they would have traded up in the fourth round today mm-hmm. with all their day, with all their yeah. fifth and sixth round picks. I, I mean, maybe they were holding their breath. Like this is it. It, it could have been. I'm the sure that, that he, I'm sure that they liked him the best of yeah. similarly graded players, but I don't yeah. think that he was like standing out enough because then they could have moved up. Yeah, I don't think they would have come I, down. Go on, but oh, oh no, I was gonna say I for one am shocked that a GM is saying they liked a player that they got more than they actually liked. And what is this? Your first draft, you two? What's the matter with you? Well, I'm, I'm saying I don't believe it. I'm calling it. Oh, okay. I'm calling By it. the way, how he had I, I it's kind of hypocritical of me to deviate from the player analysis mm, during a time when I've been saying do no from the when we've been saying we should do the player uh, analysis. Thank but you for laughing, how he had his you know how he always has the uh, the moment that he talks about during the draft process, like when, yes, him, and Joe Douglas good, both, yeah. when him and Joe Douglas both had Derek Barnett. Well, you're going to hit yourself. You're going to a different player. Uh, who did would he have written him down? Tell him, would you let him go, Zach? Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> he was watching the NCAA tournament, and and what he texted Nick Sirianni, and they both were focused on the same player at the same time. Is that the story? Mm. Yeah, no, it's a little bit off actually because okay. he was reaching for his phone to text Nick Sirianni, okay. but it turned okay. out that Nick Sirianni had already texted him about this player, and they were gotcha. watching this. They happened to be watching the same game. Yes, so uh, that that was the. Uh, it's like symbiosis. Are, are we making Shield guess who it was? No, no I, and I Sir- actually watched this part. Yeah. But Sirianni, uh, Sirianni sold it much more than uh, than yeah, Joe he did. did. He did. Sell yeah. it. They were very yeah. excited. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Douglas never seemed to sell that that uh, bit. But <laughs> do you remember yeah. that? Like, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. yeah. Like that Joe just wanted uh, Joe just and wanted by to break the way, down the player. Yes. By the way, did you think it was kind of weird? Like um, when when Weidel was going through the picks from today, he didn't. He 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 sort of skipped over Tui Patu. Tui Pelotu. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like a total accident. But then Howie like went back to him to be like, Oh, you, did you talk about Marlon? And it was almost like it was almost like Weidel didn't really want to talk about him, but then he like <laughs> then he found some juice to talk about him. It was kind of a weird. Did you sense I that? I did not see that part. I didn't sense the weird part, but I, I I did see, I mean, I mean, credit to Howie. Howie like, like was an astute listener. Sometimes when you yeah. guys are making a point here on Birds with Friends, I'm like, <laughs> 
thinking about something else. (laughs) This guy (laughs) is just murdering people. He's taking souls. We got three straight days. This guy to sleep deprive him more. This is crazy. Unbelievable. I give, Who knew I that the, like the general niceness was just a direct result of sleep? No, I mean usually I am listening to everything you guys say, but there are times when, and it's it's I'm I probably am not as to Andy Weidel because credit to Howie Rosen because usually when I'm talking to people I don't respect at all I just don't listen <laughs> no, to them one bit. No, I'm probably I'm probably not as bad at game theory as I come off. I just don't listen to all the rules um. of the game sometimes. So or maybe I'm bad at game theory. That's it. <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, yeah, so I, I, I thought that was a, a funny admission. But, but back to McPherson, um, Howie did say uh, that, that, that during the third round when he was talking to us, he was thinking, do we have to trade up to get this guy? I, yeah, I think it was more of a they were holding their breath type situation. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, they had ammunition to move up if they really wanted to. Yes. So, uh, all right, so let's talk about McPherson. Um, obviously, a very funnily spelled name uh great and it should, uh, and it should great lead to family. some good uh good to some good zach berman jokes but go ahead what, what'd you think of, what'd you think of the guy uh well he's he's a player that that i looked at leading up to the draft but honestly there were other corners that i paid attention more i found it interesting that uh greg alman our our colleague down in tampa bay who studied every yeah beat writers mock draft um, he, wow. he, he messaged me well because he, he did like a mock draft composite and okay. he said that he, that McPherson was a popular player among the athletic writers was oh. in like five, was in like five people's mock drafts. Um, and it was like a, so, he was also like the, the widest disparity. Like people had him in the fourth people had him in the seventh. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, a very athletic family. Um, his, his dad, Jarek Sr. played defensive back at Boston College, played for the Patriots. Uh, he has um, six older brothers. Uh, they played football. They uh, There was one who was with the Giants. They played baseball. There was one who was – and this is the great thing about um, – I read this uh, note too, yeah. Died. He was drafted, I think, four picks ahead of, of, of Cody Bellinger, yeah. which uh, – yeah. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to McPherson, but mm. you probably would rather have Cody Bellinger, right? Um, but uh, yeah, so a very athletic sports family. He says he's 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 the best athlete in the family. Um, but uh, what did I think of him? I I, I think uh, he he has a good athletic profile. He can play inside, can play outside. Um, he's he's not particularly undersized. He had good Paul production, and when you take those uh, those Big Twelve, did you say Paul production. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go yeah. like Jolovitz or Gosselaire. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't or, believe how many balls I was, I was just waiting. I was just waiting for which ball you were gonna. <laughs> and so, I couldn't I actually Paul couldn't Bear. believe that you were not oh, just naming Pauls all, all of a sudden. Uh, do you guys see the time that I tweet our story out this morning? By the way, like I, I put that bad boy out at like seven a.m. All right, I was, I was, I, I got my three hours and I was up and I'm feeling it now. Um, oh nonetheless, uh, so as I was, so yeah, so I, I like he knows so idea. many balls. <laughs> I, I like the idea of Big Twelve corners because. They, they they check the ball all over the place in the Big Twelve. Like like you are bound to get tested. Although that being said, I remember that was a rationale that the scouting staff used when they took 
Rasul Douglas, and it might have led to inflated interception stats for Rasul mm, Douglas in West Virginia. Well, I'm just trying uh, to think, like, has that actually borne out in the pros? Like, who are who are good corners from Texas? Like, are the best or are from from the Big Twelve? Akeem Talib, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Akeem Talib. Well, what was that like? Twenty years ago? Good. I'm, recent I'm just trying to think. There. I don't like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, uh, yeah well, are there any good corners from Texas? No. Like of the best corners in the league, Texas. No, I like I, I agree with the general point. Yeah. Right. When you look at yeah, it can be deceiving. Obviously, when you look at passes defended interceptions, uh, Zach, you're totally right. I fall into this trap because I cite them uh, because you don't have like a lot of stats on corners. But yeah, I mean, it's all totally dependent on how many times you're getting thrown at. So that that should be put into context. I thought this was a fine pick. I wasn't uh, over the moon uh, for it. I wasn't crushing it. It was just like, all right, you yeah. know, in this stage of the draft, he seems like a solid prospect. There are no red flags. Five foot eleven. 196. Last year, he played uh, 694 snaps on the outside and 144 in the slot. So, uh, you know, I, I typically dislike when they're telling us how versatile these guys are and how much they can play in either spot. But he, you know, he legitimately did both those things uh, last year. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him as the 85th prospect. Uh, Dane Brugler had him 122nd. And so this should be a depth corner who can uh, play uh, slot if you need him to play slot, who could play outside if you need him to play outside. We saw last year with the Eagles, sometimes you just need to stick somebody uh, out there on the outside who can give you competence, and, and he should be able to do that. And I was going to ask you guys, if, they're play, if, if, if the Eagles lined up to play a game tomorrow, who are the three cornerbacks uh, in sub packages? Ah, uh, well, I mean, I would. Well, I mean, tomorrow it's not going to be him. But if like if if they have to line up week one with the exact roster they have today, I think I think McPherson is probably out there. Okay, probably. But I I, I still think there's uh there's yeah there's I think they're going to sign I think they're going to sign a like veteran a or, or two yeah you know or Bashad Breland or somebody like that yeah yes I could see something like that especially when there's resolution on Earth. um but but that's something that I could see. But if they had to go out there tomorrow, I would imagine McPherson would be ahead of Jaquette, right? Yeah, I, I mean, probably. He may, not, he may yeah. not be ahead of Craig James tomorrow, but, I mean, it would sure. be a yeah. disappointment if he can't get ahead of Craig James by right. August. Agreed. By the end of August. Um, Agreed. Yeah, So I you think, think it's going to be Slay, unnamed veteran, and Avante Maddox as the that's what I three think. corners most likely? Do you think it's necessary? Do you think it's necessary to sign a veteran cornerback? Um, I think it's yes. Okay. If only for competition's sake. I don't think there. I don't think it's necessary to sign a guy and give him a job. But I think it's necessary to sign a guy and hope that Zach McPherson can beat him out. When do yeah. we get a Jonathan Gannon uh, interview? Sometime in the next uh, month. Know. And How a many half. Pauls do you know? Jeez, a month so, and a half. Okay. Some, yeah. yeah, sometime in the next six weeks. Like they okay. before, you know, the the mini camp is in June, sometime before mini camp. Okay, because people in the comments are saying bring back uh Cravon LeBlanc. And if Avante Maddox if Avante I if love they think Strap, Avante but Maddox, I don't want him back because there's bad um uh flu world order implications for me. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, so much depends on gotcha. whether they think Avante Maddox can play on the outside or not, right? And maybe they could bring um, in Paul Turner. He's still around. Uh, well, they missed on Paulson Adebo, so that was not Ooh. good for me. Uh, 
But yeah, so if Avante Maddox can play on the outside, that opens up a lot of different options. If what they about think Sean Paul? More of a slot, then it's going to be uh, a totally different conversation. So I think McPherson is fine. Uh, let's see what he does. We can probably move on to the next guy. I think McPherson is probably um, like the one the the one spot in this draft where they they took a guy who because they sort of needed that position. Um, I'm sure that they had him graded highly. Uh, you know, I'm sure he was, if not the highest graded player on the board. You know equally basically rated with the highest player on the board, but they needed to take a corner fairly early on day three to add somebody to the mix. And I think, I think McPherson was that. Uh, okay. Round five. Uh, they add a little bit more juice and uh, we talked about this guy ahead of time. Shield uh, was not as blown away as I was. He was my favorite running back in the draft. Yeah. Memphis's what a state. What about, how about Bo going big favorite yeah. running back in the draft sack? I love He's putting that out there. I the love ether. Kenny Gaywell. Okay. Nice um, big swing. Uh, so, you know, did not play much as a red shirt fresh or no, did not play much as a true freshman, uh, like so much that he it didn't even count as a season. And then as yeah. a red shirt freshman in 2019, uh, rushes for over 1400 yards, catches over 50 passes. He went to Mitch to Memphis as a running back and uh, you know guys like Greg Cosell talk about how he wasn't just catching passes as like you know these weren't just screens that he was catching he was running real wide receiver routes um to me he looked like he'd had juice he, he, I think he ran a 444 at the uh at his pro day I thought he had some make you miss ability in the open field um I love this guy I couldn't believe that he was he was there in the 5th round I thought there must must be something wrong with him um but I mean, he was a good enough player. Got, he, like he was a good enough player in college that Memphis decided to keep Antonio Gibson, who was a very exactly. productive, a very productive running back in the NFL last year at wide receiver because of because Gainwell. of Kenny Gainwell. And then so he opts out of the 2020 season. Yep. Um, so there was you know he did not play last year. And I I mean I love this pick. I thought this was I thought this was a, a home run pick. If you're talking about upside, I mean you know we talk about like how long of a shelf life is a running back going to have, but. Yeah. Like I think there is upside here that um, Kenny Gainwell by the end of Miles Sanders' contract makes Miles Sanders expendable. Yeah, I, I mean the uh, the is aggressive? Is that too aggressive. Well, well uh, all right. I would ask you this: So, why do you think he is? It just the size? Why did he last? Yeah, till the, I don't have a good. Do. I don't have a good answer for why he why he lasted okay. to one fifty. Yeah, so he, so he, he's he's what five eight two hundred pounds. He's small. So um, he's—he's. He's I wonder. Be, I wonder about the opt-out thing. If people really cared a lot about that, um, I, I got to imagine right? that's a position. That's a position where they yeah, probably like be happy you with that. Yeah, 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 I agree. Well, yeah. I think that I actually think it's—it's it's like the opposite of of what Bo mentioned there. Bo said that he's—he's he's the one who makes Miles Sanders replaceable, and I, I think maybe the reason why this guy was available in the fifth round is he's not viewed as your featured back. If he's viewed as like yeah. Hine, as 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 Naheem Hines. He's viewed as the complimentary back, so yeah. he he's not the guy that you're building your backfield around. But he's the guy who. Yeah. So um, so I, I don't mean I don't mean to overstate it and say like you know he's going to be a like a number one running back and and make Sanders expendable that way. I only mean like I think he can be productive enough that you could pair him with somebody else instead of having to you know pay Miles Sanders a real second contract. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's like if if you're. Looking at the Colts offense, and you're looking and you're projecting the Eagles. If if he can be what what Hines is in Indianapolis, um, that would be ideal. And then think about it. You know, the Colts drafted Jonathan Taylor in, in the second round, and Jonathan Taylor is their guy. But Hines still has a major role there. 
and uh, and Hines when Marlon Mack was the was the starting running back had a major role there, and you can certainly see that for Gainwell. So I I think the reason why he's there when he's there is because teams are probably looking for a guy with top of the depth chart potential, and he's maybe your your one A or your two type running back as oh I'm sorry your yeah, one. There were some jabroni third. running backs who went ahead of him. But all the, all those running backs are players that might be able to, to, to project as like featured backs, right? So, uh, so that's, I, that's, I, I, that's, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a case where like I I am recognizing that there must be something else going on. Like I you know I I'm not I'm not uh, like foolish enough to think that I know better than every than than thirty two teams. So oh, I'm, I'm I, I think I'm missing something, but. Uh, I, I want to watch more of, of Gainwell. You know, I didn't do like a deep dive on him when we were uh, rushing through and trying to rank our, I, I like the idea of a Gainwell, you know, that it's like my kind of player, the uh, five foot eight, two Oh one guy with some juice, big play guy uh, can make plays in the passing game. Just when I was watching him, I thought, all right, you know, he's, he's pretty good. I, I didn't see anybody who I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy is uh, unbelievable. Go up and grab him. But I, I think it's a perfectly fine use of a, fifth round pick. Now I do think Miles, you know, you were mentioning Zach Naheem Hines and like a Jonathan Taylor. Miles Sanders does like a lot of these things. Well, I think I, you know, I know he, I know he didn't play well last year. No Especially one played rookie, well last yeah. year. Right. But if you look at him over two years, he has 78 catches for 706 yards as a rookie he had 50 catches for 509 yards and averaged over 10 yards per reception. Like that is elite production uh in terms of yards per reception out of a running back like if you go back and look at brian westbrook LaShawn mccoy those guys didn't have seasons where they were averaging uh 10 yards per reception and so i am interested to see how they uh use the two players because sanders isn't really your you know just load up and give him the ball on every down and get those tough yards like he also is a the best version of miles sanders is a home run hitter i'm not saying that they're the same types of back but uh he's a home run hitter he can help you in the passing game he can do those things so i am curious to see how they're going to deploy those two back now don't ask well it's me an about interesting other- it's an interesting like big picture conversation right do you if, if you have a running back like miles sanders do you want his backup to be a guy who can make the offense function in the same way when he's not out of the game or when he is out of the game or do you want a guy who brings a different skill set I mean, uh, well, I, I do think they want somebody who can pick up like tough, both, I guess, but. tough, you know, short yardage, whatever, yeah. whether that's going to be your boy, Jordan Howard or somebody else, but that AI. doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be your number two guy. You know, it could be right. somebody who's mediocre and then the person in game. Well, uh, go in there. So again, uh, I think it's a fine pick. I think he's an exciting player. I definitely think he's going to be somebody who in the uh, spring and in training camp, this was one of my first lessons as a uh, young buck reporter is do not get fooled by the shifty running back uh in shorts in the spring because they're gonna look awesome like he's gonna be making people look silly uh in the spring and so right if he, if he that, doesn't look awesome in the spring that's a uh, really bad sign. that's gonna yes and, and i think he will look he will look good so uh again i, I want to watch more of him we can uh, revisit with some um thoughts there but i think it's a, a fine use of that pick in the uh in the fifth round I'm surprised you guys are talking about the spring as if they're going to be there for like six weeks. Practicing That's true. Every day, when right? do you get like, to watch a practice? Well, so August? Uh, from what I understand, well, there's still a mandatory mini camp like that has not, you know, the voluntary portion players are not going to, but there's still a mandatory mini camp. So from what I understand, unless June. that is canceled by the team, 
in June, but that would be the first interaction, like the first in-person yeah. interaction that mm. these that these uh, rookies have. So you probably and it's the first time they're actually in this offense with these like the first time everyone's there. So you right. you probably Do you have, have a guess have, on when when in June that would be, Zach, just from a uh, scheduling yeah. standpoint. Yeah, my guess would be based on past years. The pod. What are you trying yeah, to handle? No, like, this man. is important information. Yeah. My well, guess know, is I, it'll be the week of June 14th is my oh, guess. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, good. Maybe the week uh, of June 7th, but I would think the week of June 14th. Yeah, let's hope it's the 14th. Uh, this is off-brand for me, but I was thinking earlier today, <laughs> I was getting an itch uh, to go out there, and I think it will be especially fun. Uh, yeah, of course. When there's a new coaching staff, it's really fun to Lodges. go out there and watch totally. practice. Like, all right, you know, where to are know people these lining coaches, up? Who's like, who's what like are a, they doing? Who's a yeller? Who's yelling? Yeah, who's kind of looks like he doesn't know where he is, and you're not quite sure why he's on the staff. Though, you know, how are the players interacting? What uh, what changes are being made? What's like a budding bromance between like the vet and the uh, the mm. mentee? Uh, all those things. Oh, so, speaking uh, of which, remember we mentioned game. Well, Yazoo City and a cousin right. of Fletcher Cox. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I have nothing to add to that. You see, you uh, you you talk about being down there. Just a, I I never ever like to talk about like personal stuff on here, but like uh, mm. just a, a funny personal side. I I think last year to a certain extent, but last year was different because we were in, like the the throes of the pandemic at the time. Um, but no, but but I I think. Uh, like this week has really demystified um, our, our job to my wife. Like every draft, <laughs> you know, every draft I'm at the facility and you would think like based on the way I act when I'm at yeah. home that like I'm solving, like, you know, that like we're really doing like real <laughs> serious in-depth stuff when we're at the facility. You're working nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all she sees of me is like, I'm, I'm sleep deprived and like I'm <laughs> nervous when I go. And this is the only thing that's on my mind for weeks. And then it's like, she checks in on me and like, I'm just, just sitting, sitting around. Watch, I'm just sitting around, just sitting around watching my TV. laptop, watching yeah. TV, texting people, you know, and right. it's like, uh, like it's, it's the, it's like, this is, this is what they pay you to do. So I, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, waiting job, around, yeah. waiting, for, waiting around for like an hour and 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. in between picks, just biding your time, clipping, you know, uh, uh, biting exactly. your nails. And, yeah, it's and a very like, ridiculous job. And this Unless you're shielding and, and you're grading every pick. No, but I told her it's the same thing we do at the oh, facility. Oh, boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Blue, unless you're blue collar shield. Thank you for that acknowledgement. My gosh, this has been, you know, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but my, you know, I don't want to say I'm doing like God's work here, but whew, boy, getting every <laughs> pick. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but no, but that's I'm, a good point. I'm, that's a good point. Zach. Luckily I've been, like, I've been locked in the basement here. So, you know, there gotcha. hasn't been a lot that of weird uh, ass door behind you. Yeah, exactly. So there hasn't yeah, been a lot of like it's, it's one of those things that, um, and this is no joke. Like we plan like, like right. weddings around this stuff. We plan like uh big family events or, you know, all oh, Zach is going to say babies. No, Zach has the draft this weekend again. And then she sees me and all I'm doing is like watching TV <laughs> and keeping notes and have, like, Yo, all did these you see that pick they made? <laughs> yeah. Have all these and, and like texting people to try to find out a pick 30 seconds before they announce it on TV. As, as if, as, you had some as scoops. If, like, you did no, have some scoops. You know, as if like I'm unlocking some type of state secret. So anyways, <laughs> like when I frame, when, when I, I, I looked at it through her eyes, it is like, it's, it really demystified what we do. 
people in this chat are, you know, and this has been uh, echoed over three days is that draft week Zach is like <laughs> unbelievable. The yeah. highest marks, you know, so this is, no, I appreciate yeah, it. I think yeah. you can't, yeah, we don't want you like this year round because then it, it won't make draft week Zach a special right. thing. You know, it's one of <laughs> but those everybody's things. already, we're all already looking forward to next Absolutely. year's Now, Bo, what's the story of that door behind you? It's underneath the uh, the stairs. These are the stairs okay. behind me, so it has to go diagonally. It's like you know, it's okay. like a little Harry Potter thing. More uh, importantly, if I were to like text your wife to set up some sort of thing where she or somebody else pops out of that hmm. while you're mid pod, would that be doable? It would be doable. You'd have to okay. move some. I mean, it's basically just a storage closet right now. You have to okay. move some stuff around, but it'd be doable. Okay. All right. Yeah. Watch your watch your back in future pods is all. If we time. can get if we can get that um somehow working in concert with the person emerging from Zach's mirror that would really make it the best <laughs> the best podcast we could possibly have Let's see what we can do did you guys tweet out our uh our updated pick sort and analysis yet or no no I haven't are they uh, up is it up uh yeah I think they're all up so we should do that Okay, all right. Well, when you guys can do that, well, I, I guess you've got the tab problem with your new computer. So maybe Zach, since he's texting yeah, away, he can, or he's not I listening. Thought, so he's not. No, no, he's no. Trying, I am he's listening. trying to find out who they're going to pick in the first round next year. <laughs> uh, well, I can, uh, I can tell you on, my 2022 mock draft right now. But um, no. In, okay, uh, in let's hear it. Well, well, Sam Howell. Is there, is is there a Paul? The, is there a Paul? No, but so there's um the, the guys that I like in next year's draft, based on what I've seen so far, is I mean obviously you got to look at, at at Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher from Oregon is just like a stud. Hold on, hold okay? on. Shield, have you ever heard of this guy? I, I don't know Kayvon Thibodeau. No, no but I, do I like, like it goes obviously. Game. Obviously, you got to start with. I, I like a, a Thibodeau. I've never heard of. Yeah. I, I like Kayvon a Thibodeau, uh, would be number one recruit in the country. Like a, I like was, a EAUX. Well, yeah. Is it an X or an or an O? An X. Oh, there is an X. Well, because yeah, is it a Tom okay. Thibodeau or is it like a? Oh, Let's yeah, ask no, this. Like Let's that. ask this, Zach. Who is the? No, I think you've you've given us this before. I don't know if it's uh, uh, Spencer Rattler, who I do know, or somebody else. Who's if, my guy? Who, hey, who's the quarterback? Who Eagles fans say, you know what? Well, if there's somebody who says I'm not all into uh, Jalen Hurts, and uh, I'm going to keep my hopes up on Saturdays by watching this guy and picturing him in an Eagles uniform, who's that guy? Well, that's the thing. Next year is not that type of year, unfortunately for the Eagles. But there are the yeah. quarterback who the quarterback who really intrigues me next year, who I think is like at the beginning of the year is not going to be at the top of these mock drafts, but by the end of the year will be is Desmond Ritter. Uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati is real. Is I I think he's he's going to be a really good player, and he he's the one who's going to work his way up the mock drafts. Now it's not. I mean, Cincinnati was a great team this year, but they're going to be like a legit national title contender next year. Uh, he came back to school, so I would pay attention to Desmond Ritter. But it's actually it's a great position for I'm sorry, it's a great draft for some other positions like Derek Stingley, the corner from LSU, is going to be an elite prospect. I mentioned Thibodeau. Uh, Georgia has has Nolan Smith, a, a a really good linebacker, the former Duke uh, basketball player. Half of uh, Texas, I'm sorry, pick my water over. Half of Texas A&M's roster, <laughs> um, so they excitable. got they got Leo, uh, the defensive lineman. They got Isaiah Spiller. The uh, running back, um, there's some good receivers next year. I mean, George Pickens, but he just tore his ACL, I think. Justin Ross is coming off a major injury. I'm trying to think off the, oh, the, off the top of my head. It's a real good year for interior offensive linemen. Um, mm, too bad for the Eagles. 
Yeah. I imagine um, Dane, I imagine Dane Brugler will have, and I do love this piece of yeah. content, the next year's mock right after yes. the draft is over. It's a great piece of content. I would imagine Dane would have that up, like, you know, maybe by the time you guys uh, listen to this. So, uh, yeah, we can add some names to what, uh, there you go. Absolutely. Somebody are, somebody already said, uh, Jim, I don't know. How does Jim know this? Dane is posting a 2022 mock on Tuesday. Heck of a job. How did Dane? Oh, oh, Dane apparently said that. I didn't know if uh, Jim was somebody who works for a company. I didn't know if Marissa was going by like a, you know, she goes by like a disguise in the chat so she can just throw people out. And her disguise was Jim. Is that, is that the guy, Jim? So thank you, Jim. Okay. What else we got for the Eagles? Uh, so we are at the fifth, we're at the sixth round. Yeah, Bo looks very distracted. Are you all right, Bo? Yeah, I was just texting a uh, Paul that I know. Um, okay. So first pick of the sixth round, they had four sixth-round picks. Again, they ended up uh, swapping one and a seventh for a future fifth, so they took uh, three picks in the sixth round. But the first, they take uh, a guy who was the 69th-rated player on Dane Brugler's board, uh, graded as a third-round player, USC defensive tackle Marlon Tui Pelotu, who is uh, a little bit more of a, you know, first two downs defensive tackle, a run, run stuffing guy, uh, who has a little bit of like, what, what are you laughing at? What do we got? So, so, someone said Dane is Jim, which would really be something if after like <laughs> the busiest stretch of his year, if he jumped into our chat under the name Jim. Incognito, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling people when his mock is going to be posted. So, uh, I, I, I do love the idea of, of that. Good job out of you, Ryan, saying Dane is Jim. All right, he says Jim sorry. is Dane and Dane is Jim. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ahead. So Tui Pelotu, um, an early down guy uh, who had a, a back issue in college, which uh, I guess we would theorize is the reason that he was available in the sixth round. Um, I like this pick. I think uh, it is, if you've got, you know, four to six picks in the last two rounds. I'm sorry that we're boring you, Marissa, uh, is <laughs> uh, is a, a swing worth taking. I know he's there for a reason, but uh, we have talked about their very depleted depth-wise at defensive tackle. I think he balances out uh, Milton Williams nicely in terms of skill sets, and um, I like I like the pick. I think it's a I think it's a good uh, a good swing to take. Unfortunately, the pick it reminds me of is Prince Tego Winogo from last year. Um, where they they doubled down on a position on a guy who fell for uh, injury and then you know he didn't work out. But I uh, I like the swing until you pull it too. Yeah, I mean I th I think if if you recognize what he is, which is probably like an early down run defender, if he turns into a decent early down run defender, um, and, and and you get that on a cheap rookie contract for four years, that's that's yeah, a I mean, good. We're outcome talking about six round picks here. If you if he exactly. if he makes the roster, that's a good outcome. One, yeah. one, one, no, that's what I'm saying. Is, yeah. is that like if and I think that's what he could become. Like I think you have to recognize he's probably not bringing much pass rushing, much pass rushing juice. But like if the best case scenario for him is what Bo Allen was for the Eagles, right? Then I I I, I think that's, that's a, a fantastic outcome. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the I, truth is, like, like statistically, if one of these four picks who they took in the sixth round and on is, like, on the team in three years, that's a good outcome. Yeah, I think that is good context. Now, I didn't love this pick. Uh, I thought it was fine. I didn't give it an F or anything. I gave it a C. Yeah, it was we'll funny. It we we, uh, we flip-flopped here in our grades on this one and the next one. 
Well, only because I mean, my thing is like if the upside is run stuffing defensive tackle, that that doesn't really excite me. You're right. If he does turn into that, and he's a sixth round, the upside pick, is, a, is starter. Like, you know, if he's talked about as as he, he you know, if the, if the medical was clean, he could have been a third round pick. Like, but not somebody who's going to stay on the field in your sub packages, most likely. I mean, there would have to most be likely. a very he's, he's younger. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. I, I I look at it as sort of the best case scenario with him. You're right. Would be kind of an early down. Like if, if he fulfills his potential, the would best be a, case scenario is like, 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 you know, 98th percentile is like Tim Jernigan. Right. Is that yeah. fair? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I thought Jernigan had a little bit, uh, a little bit more, more pass rush juice, juice. Okay. but we we've seen that from Jernigan. So I, again, I don't like saying these guys like can't improve at all. Yeah, uh, they, they can, maybe he will develop that. I think it would be uh, unlikely. So I look at run stuffing defensive tackle as like a position that is probably the easiest to find uh, in the NFL and to find depth guys there. But again, it's the sixth round. So I'm not like crushing yeah. them for that. I just, like, like I would like to take a shot on either if I'm taking like a defensive tackle, somebody with like upside, but injury, or this is where I, I would take the big swings on upside who have character or, and, or injury issues, or, you know, they're falling down the board for some reason. But again, it's not like there are a million of those guys uh, available. So I, I would have to look at who the next picks were to say, see who you could get. But uh, I thought it was fine. Again, I, I just didn't think it was that exciting. And as a transition, what Shield just said is 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 why he and I had a much different grade on the next pick. You have nothing else to add on to it below, too? I already said. I said. Now you weren't listening. Figure become Bo Allen. That's a good outline. Yeah, that's true. You have to know what he is. All right. Well, the next pick then, two picks later, was Coastal Carolina. Very tiny school that Zach denigrates. I denigrated at. I watched more Coastal Carolina games this year than all of you combined. So, well, I, I, I don't know yeah, Coastal Carolina. No, I, watched. No, 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 no. I, I promise you that's true. Yes. Um, I, I, I watched Coastal Carolina this year. So, well, so why do you hate him so much? I don't hate. Him. I was simply saying that someone from Penn State has more juice than someone from Coastal Carolina for Eagles fans. I, don't I know. stand I mean, by. I'd that rather problem. go to Myrtle Beach than State College. You like a Myrtle Beach? More than a state I college, know. although I've never been to state college. Oh, how dare you? Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so they take Coastal Carolina defensive end Teron Jackson, um, who is, uh, to me, you know, I don't I don't see a ton of upside here. Um, he's like a try-hard guy. He, he was productive. He led the team in sacks for two years, two-time team captain. Uh, to me, this was the extension of what I think was a concerted effort um, on the Eagles part, you know, we talked about, you know, is this draft going to have a theme and you heard Andy Wilde talking about it in the, in the post uh, draft press conference and, and Howie a little bit that, you know, they, it seemed like they made a concerted effort to add like good culture guys, good character guys. You know, I think he talked about like six of the nine mm-hmm. guys they had were team captains or something like that, or, or maybe not quite that many, but Teron Jackson's a, a two-time team captain. To me, it seemed like they, uh, whether it was they think the culture needs some kind of turnaround in the locker room or it's just like that's a thing that they value. It seemed to me like this is a kind of guy in the sixth round who maybe um, you're overvaluing um, the person over the over the traits, which is, you know, in the, in the sixth round, I don't know. I mean, defensive end, it's not like you're it's not like a defensive end is going to be like a an important core special teamer. If he's going to be on the on the roster, he needs to be playable on defense. And I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that that he has that upside. 
Yeah, so I am not high on this pick, not because of like. Now he seemed like we talked to him. He seems like an awesome dude. Exactly, Ex- exactly. My issue here is is more uh, if I'm taking a defensive end late in the draft, then I'm taking him based on traits for like the reason she'll mention. Like I'm taking someone who I think. For whatever reason, injuries off the field, bad situation at, at college, like this guy can blossom into much more than he is. Um, but uh, if you're if you're getting a guy based on production in the sixth, seventh round, that that's not as appealing to me at edge rusher. Um, edge edge rusher is a position that uh, it's going to get pushed up the board. If you look at it, uh, and I looked at it um, since 2010. There have only been two defensive ends taken in the sixth round that have started more than ten games in the NFL. Um, now, in, yeah, well, typically, I would, like any, I would need a comparison to every other position. Yeah, now. okay, thank you. That was my lead. You got so, that? Okay. Yeah, linebacker. There have been ten during okay. that time who have who who started more than ten games. Well, what's the percentage? Um, How many have been taken? That's a, I will I will look at it from if my There were only two defensive ends. I'm feeling good about that. No, there have been there's a percent hit rate. There is not a there is not a there is not a big track record of defensive ends drafted beyond the fourth round of being of being yeah. really impactful. And and the defensive end that hit in the sixth round, well, I, I'm gonna change my words here. You guys will see why. Uh and I say this not in jest. It was poor choice. The defensive end who had the most on-field success in the sixth round was Greg Hardy. Okay. Um so, uh, and that's probably like a traits based player was the reason why he was picked late in the draft. Um, from a, just in, in general, you're probably not going to find, uh, product, you know, uh, high yeah, I think you would, I think you would worry that this is a guy who's already maxed out, right? Exactly. Because he's, and, and he's so already very try hard. Yeah. So I would have spent my sixth round pick on a linebacker or, a corner or a safety, um, a position where you have more of a chance to hit um, in the in uh, late in the draft based on numbers. I thought it was fine. Uh, I uh, t- I agree with what yeah, you're I mean, saying. Any, uh, we should say that like any pick this late in the draft, like it's yeah. hard to have a bad pick. Right. The like, numbers are going to be bad for right. most of them. You are right. I mean, if it were between him and a athletic defensive end who didn't do anything in co- in college, I would take the the traits based player. Uh, I don't know that that guy existed. Uh, so he, he was very productive. Uh, the past couple of years here had 10 sacks and 13 tackles for loss in 2019, eight and a half sacks and 14 tackles for loss uh, last year. I don't think he's like a bum athletically. You know, I like, no, you know, if, if you look he's, at his, he's, his yeah. he's fine. Yeah, he, he's OK. He doesn't, you know, blow you away, but um, he, he did OK. I think it'll be fun his, to watch athletic testing. So if he becomes like your fourth defensive end and makes the roster, you know, if he gives you a little pass rush juice for a couple games a year, uh, again, it sounds weird to say because everybody's so excited about every player uh, at this, you know, right after the draft, but that's actually a very good outcome. So I thought it was Between him and Patrick Johnson, who we will get to, like if between the two of them, one of them gives you enough that you can think about uh, whether or not you can keep both Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. No, that's highly, highly unlikely. Well, no, but I mean, like, if they show you enough that they're even entering the conversation of how do we value these other two guys, that's a win. It's a home run if that happens, I think. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, okay. 
I think that's uh, that's that's our take on Tehran. Uh, next up at the uh, at the very back end of the sixth round, they take LSU's Jacoby Stevens, who we talked about briefly because he is a safety linebacker tweener, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit undersized, and to me, this is a guy who you're hoping is going to be a core special teams player, and uh, they're going to probably move him to linebacker, maybe ask him to gain a little bit of weight. What'd you think, Zach? He was maybe the best interview of all the yes, day three guys. Yes. This is a guy who has some juice from like it, <laughs> whenever we're in the locker room again. Uh, you want to go to Jacoby's locker, right? I think he, he could be a good Wolfstone character. Yeah, he'll, kind of Gainwell he'll, is going to be like. All right, you know, hold on. Give me your rankings. Let's Isla, and then we'll get to Zach. Who rank these guys? Or think about it. Think about it. Wait till Zach's finished, uh, and then I want your rankings in terms of Wolfstein characters of this yeah. draft class. All right, Zach, go ahead. Yeah, so so Jacoby uh, just lit it up talking to us. But as as a player, like was an interesting player in the SEC. Was was respected on a good defense. Uh, started more than two years. Like started two years, but a, a bit in the third year as well. Um, wore the number seven jersey for LSU. Uh, Nick Sirianni pointed out that, and it was kind of like a a shot at LSU's coaches. Said that he uh, they. They had him guarding uh, Devontae Smith, and he can speak for Jonathan Gannon on this one. He's not going to be guarding the number one receiver on the opposing team or covering the opposing receiver on the number one team, the opposing number one receiver. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he was an important player in that LSU defense, and I think Bo is right. If he can come in and give you some some juice as a special teams player, and then maybe he can fit as a, as a dime linebacker for you or, you know, uh, that hybrid-type player. I'm – much higher on the hybrid players than you are, but I think you you want a guy who can fill that type of role. And if is poor man's divine Diablo, right? And yeah. in terms of a, a prospect, it doesn't have the same like like not the height weight speed. What but a when description? Look, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Nick Harry. I think you're looking at he's the just like um, he's just um, what's what's like a lesser divine. He's just um, no. I, I I honestly I think you're looking at nice at, nice uh, Diablo. I don't know. You're you're looking at and Nate Gary. Nate Gary's career uh, and Nate Gary's That'd career. Home run, yeah. That would be great. And now you yeah, don't want him. Run under, is a little aggressive. No, you don't want him to, you don't want him to be the I mean, starting two hundred fortieth player in the draft or whatever. <laughs> All right, I, I think. You know, when I heard Siri, this, this is off topic, but when I heard Sirianni, uh, when he was saying that about uh, Stevens, like, you know, we're not going to have him covering number one receivers. I'm going to put my foot down. I was actually thinking about the story we did and the reporting we did and why, like, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, likes Howie Roseman and why he's loyal to him is because he's comfortable with him. And I can, kind of, I can like, see why Jeffrey Lurie would be taken by Nick Sirianni. You know what I mean? Like, like if, uh, if if Lurie has to walk into a meeting with Sirianni, he's not going to be like tense or uncomfortable, you know, like Sirianni seems like kind of an easy guy to be around. Uh, I don't think he's going to be someone who's going to be, I don't know how his coaching career is going to go, but I don't think he's going to be like disliked in the building. You know, I don't think there are going to be like people in other departments who's like, who are like, man, Nick Sirianni's a jerk. Now, I don't right. know. It's very early in his tenure, but you know what I mean? Like from his personality, uh, it, it's kind of that that sort of 
came into my head. Like I could see like Lurie just has a meeting with this guy. It's like, oh, I like this guy. You know, I'm going to have to be dealing with this guy uh, a lot, <laughs> whoever the head coach is. And uh, in addition to his other credentials, yeah. uh, it'll be nice to know that, you know, we can get along easily. He can take a joke. He laughs. He's kind of easy to be in a room with. And so uh, that has nothing to do with anything, but just something I thought of when Sirianni uh, said that in the press conference. Be, it'll be easy to sit him down and, and ask him why he wasn't throwing at Aaron Robinson. More. Yeah, I think that's right. He might he might even bring up the joke. You know, he might even walk into the meeting and then say right. that. he's going to be like, oh, you tell Donahoe we crushed that guy on Sunday. Huh, guys? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Just, like, it did seem. Now, what, what did you guys think of the uh, the shots we got of the war room today? Did you think that they were, you know, playing it up a little bit? Um, I think they were very alert. I think they I think they were aware. They were hyper aware of that one. Now, now, Dono, nowhere to be seen. I saw him at one point. You did? Dono okay. is no yeah. longer working for the Dono. I saw him at, at, at one point. Um, because, like, this was, like, their casual day. And and Donahoe love is like a coach oh, cat. Love a yeah, coach. Well, like Donahoe is is like from the uh from like the John Dorsey school of, of, of casual, where like his his casual is like he loses it, the tie a little bit. <laughs> it's like still has the khakis on, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, well, anyways. I thought the I thought the most interesting uh video today was the angle of Gannon after yes. the Milton Williams pick. Very interesting. I, I don't know if our audience saw this. And by but, design, too. The team put that, the team was yeah. very eager to put that out there. Yes. Yeah. but And a but very funny, and a very funny tweet, I think, I think it was by Eagles Nut uh, that, that they, they recorded that late last night um, after the <laughs> press conference. Gannon, Gannon is a very good actor. But there can be no reports about Jonathan Gannon yeah. not wanting uh, Milton Williams. I mean, nuts. he was really, really fired up. Uh, I have never. He was. I mean, I'm like a little bit worried about Gannon. If like he was that excited about. I mean, it was. It was very. I mean, this is. It was his first defensive player taken in the draft. So you get it. Um, I was. But he was. I was, he was fired up. He was. I mean, thank God there was nobody close to him. He would have knocked him out with the, the strength yeah. of those punches. I was feeling good about my Milton Williams, uh, Javon Hargrave take to uh, Zebra last night. After seeing that, I mean, Gannon's going to be might be starting this guy from day one. Huh? He was very excited. All right. It was crazy, and Stevens. really like, and really funny to just think about like that's <laughs> like in a in a in a draft room, you've got one guy like punch in the air because he's so excited that we got a guy, and then you got another guy on the other side of the room throwing a tantrum. Howdy. Because yeah. They didn't get his twenty-four-year-old corner, but but that's that's it. Like there's yeah, that's no, it. Uh, no, that, it's like that, that's that's, that's the thing. deal. Yeah, that's like, that's real. You know, that's what I like. That's that's real. So yeah, yeah. very funny. Um, okay, good. here's my uh, here's my Wolfton rankings of the four okay. the six guys drafted today. I'm going J- uh, Jacoby Stevens number one. Seems like he can fill it up, and like important for uh, Wolfston. Like I'm ranking him ahead of Kenneth Gainwell because. Gainwell is going to be more popular with other reporters. Like it's important that I that it's not going to be like tough to get some one-on-one time with this guy. I don't want like other reporters looming. So I go, I go Stevens one, Gainwell two, because he did seem like a good personality, but there there will be a little bit more of a crowd around him. Running backs are tough to get to. Uh I go Zach McPherson. Zach McPherson, uh, number three. He seemed fun. Uh Tui Pelotu, number four, because this is going to be a good, I feel like he's going to be a good straight man. Um, mm. which will be, which will, which will play well. Uh, I go, uh, Tehran number five and Patrick Johnson, number six, nothing against those guys, but no guarantees are going to be around. 
I think we have, I think you from a subject perspective, I think Patrick Johnson will have a little more juice than you think. Like, I think he's, uh, I think he'll, he'll play. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about writing a profile about these guys. I'm talking about, you know, no, your, I'm, I'm saying like room interactions. Talking. Yeah. I'm saying from a talking perspective. Okay. I think he'll be a good talker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They uh, all no, seem like good talkers. I don't know how long he'll be around, though. There are no That's, duds here. There oh, are no geez, Matthew Tucker. Patrick, in this group. Sorry. My God. Well, I don't know what they're planning with <laughs> Matthew Johnson here. No, I, it, it's it's what I'm real curious about because like, all right, well, let's get to him. Yeah, yeah. let's get to Patrick Johnson picks. because they're chasing. Uh, they're chasing. Overall. This is what they did here. Yeah. They're yeah, chasing so, the ghost of Casey Tuhill. So, so they announced him. So the he, one who he, got away. So let's he's just draft another seventh round tweener because we let this guy go for no reason at all. So he's an edge rusher. And they uh, they announced him as the team announced him as a linebacker, and he's he's what six three two forty. So you think that he would be used as like an off ball linebacker? You wonder if it's the uh, Gennard Avery conversion. It's, they're going, it, yes, right? but but then he says that he says they, they like we him, want you to get after the quarterback. Yeah, we might we want you to get after the quarterback. So so maybe he's going to be used in like an Anthony Barr type role. Um, you know, I think which he's is just going to be a. I think he's just going to yeah. be a defensive end. Well, well so that's what I'm, uh, I'm wondering. Is he like a? Is he going to be a stand up blitzer, or is he going to have his hand in the ground? Like, is is, is he going to be a three point stance? I I I I don't know. I'm I'm curious. He's he's he profiled as a three four edge rusher. I think there's a case. The, I think there's a case that they have a specific role in mind for a stand up guy yeah. that they are maybe like putting a a a pencil mark for Jannard Avery. And like yeah. this guy could also fill that role, and that's why they're adding him. But I, I think mean, most likely is he's just going to be playing defensive end. If you're of the opinion that sacks translate, uh, he, sacks translate. He, got, he had the second best three cone time of any edge, yeah. edge player in this draft yeah. after Jason Owe. Yeah. Um, so, but otherwise, he was unremarkable athletically, and uh, he is undersized. It is not Jason anymore. Did you see that? That's right. Yes. Yes. Hey, Odafe. Right. Yep. Yes, which is, I mean, to me, I'm Absolutely. I'm moving him up, up my board, Odafe Owe, over over Jason Owe, like half a round. Agreed. Patrick yeah. Johnson, twenty four and a half sacks, thirty nine tackles for loss, eleven passes defended. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was weird seeing linebacker because I mean that like you know that would be a huge projection. Like that's right. not what <laughs> that's not what yeah. his strength has been. But I it's a seventh round pick. Any- if you want to project, like that's a fine. Re- went uh, yeah, find time to it, do it, yeah. but it's like you said. I mean, if the guy was like a great athlete or something, and you, but but like you right. know, what his strength is has not been that. But I think Zach, you made a good point. I mean, Anthony Barr when he was coming out, a lot of people thought pass rusher, pass rusher, pass rusher, and they found a specialized role for him um, where you know that's not all he does. So so I do think that that was a uh, a good comparison there. Uh, so we'll see. H- high character guy, maybe he can be a situational pass rusher, physical guy. Uh, like Bo said, tested well in the uh, in the three cone. Uh, so I thought that was a fine use of a. Well, Bo gave that a C plus, huh? Or was that Zach? No, I have to send mine in yet. I, I gave it. A, I, I gave it a oh. C plus. Uh, oh, okay. In part, in part because I, I and I wrote that it was it was less about him and more about they had these six picks and they didn't add anybody else in the secondary. Okay. So. Um, I thought that would have been uh, that would have been worthwhile. And we've got Matt Ryan in the chat. uh, Probably wants to talk about uh, the time he played Zach in high school baseball. We've covered that story ad nauseum. Matt Ryan should be pumped that he's throwing. Marissa, who's your favorite Paul? 
Marissa, I've been watching. Marissa needs this to be over. She needs Marissa's this weekend to be over. Marissa is she needs a day off. I'm yeah. the chat is hysterical. Like, I mean, <laughs> if you just sit here and read it, it's, they're pretty funny. Um, I would say my pa favorite Paul off the top of my head is Paul O'Neill. <laughs> oh, oh my wife's yeah. family, big Paul O'Neill fans. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know the story behind that. I don't know. I'm just a big Yankees. I grew up a huge. No, not you. Shields family being big. No, my wife's family. They're yeah. They're all diehard Yankee fans. My wife. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. So so Shield, Zach, Zach, Peckness migrate. Zach's saying something. Zach, go ahead. Neil fits into your Christian Barmore theory. Um, he fits into Bo's Christian Barmore theory. If he's the one you hope that is often pointed to. He was like a Cincinnati guy, was drafted mm -hmm. by the Reds and needed to leave Cincinnati for Kicked his the ball into the flourish. infield. Yeah. Yeah, for his, his career to flourish. So sometimes being like the hometown guy is it's a great story for us, but it's not a good situation for them. That's what I always think about with Paul O'Neill. That and Seinfeld. I also have to give an honorary mention yeah. to Paulie from The Sopranos because I just finished mm. that and he is an excellent character. So I'm through. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm my my rewatch. I'm I'm uh, back to uh, the beginning of season three. So it's exciting incredible. Stuff. I just finished. I'm You're so doing sad the Sopranos rewatch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Zach, who's, uh, who's your favorite Paul? No, I'm asking you. Peckness right. migrate. Um, Paul Laduca, Paul Newman, and let's say Paul Rudd. Um. I, I I I like Paul Rudd. Uh, There's a few Paul Rudd comments in the chat. Yeah, I like Paul Rudd. Um, Paul Newman. I know the name, but you gotta like refresh. Like like, how would I know? Like like, what's Paul Newman name that I would know? Spaghetti sauce. I, is I, I mean no, I'm I'm serious. Like I'm 35 years old. I'm not yeah, like Paul uh, Newman was be. Before our time, yeah, but I'm like, sure there is, there are some classics. Uh, we have a we have a we have a listener. Uh, Ed, who is going to be just apoplectic uh, <laughs> to hear to hear this Paul Newman denigration on the podcast. So when I got to Syracuse, when I got to Syracuse, the head coach was Paul Pascaloni. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and so I often think about Paul. Then there's Paul Pierce, obviously. Paulie um, D, someone from the Jersey Shore. It's a good one. Yeah, I think yeah. Paulie D is a good one. Yeah, I mean, so. Oh, Poundstone, there you go. I mean, I, Wasn't there I, a Paul in one of years? Wasn't I can't, there's, there's, yeah, there's there was Paul a Paul in one of years. I just there's this is Barney. of all the of all the people that Zach has killed over the past three days. The, I'm not uh, killing Paul Newman. The, I, I just don't know. Yeah, the, the I've never heard of Paul Newman is is got to be. I don't uh, really know either. Got to be the worst. So I'll no, just like I know I know of him. I, I just he's not like I, I I can't tell you any Paul Newman movies off the top. Of yeah, my head. I think that's fine, isn't that well, Paul Paul Dano who's playing me in the movie. <laughs> Um, I mean, I would probably go with like NBA, like Chris Paul, Paul Pierce. Mm. Um, those are the Pauls I think of. Well, I would like you to know that uh, I'm using all my paid time off this year. And so you can have all the Pauls on in uh, June or July when I have nothing to do with this podcast. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, all these Pauls, you can have them on as guests because oh, I'm see. not going to be answering your texts or messages or anything. So I was just trying to move the conversation forward. If you okay. want more Paul conversation, there will be a time to have that, and it will not be with me included. <laughs> um, 
Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, zoom out a little bit. Big picture. This draft: Devonte Smith, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams, all the guys we've talked about today. Um, how do you feel about the draft class as a whole? Do you think they? Um, do you think it was a good? Do you think it was a good weekend for the Eagles? Yes. Yeah, so I, I actually think it was. Um, I think this can be remembered uh, comparably to the. 2013 class uh, would, would be like the best case scenario is I think, I think these first two picks have the chance of being like foundational players for you or, or like key players for you. That's what you're thinking with them, you know? And uh, I thought day two, you know, and, and then if Milt Williams becomes what Benny Logan was, that's also a good outcome for you mm -hmm. too. Right. But, uh, but I, I think when you look at that 2013 class, you're looking at the fact that Lane Johnson and Zach Ertz, were not just second contract players, but like top of the league at their position. And the Eagles need Devontae Smith and uh, and they need Landon Dickerson to become top of the league at their positions. And if if they are average, then that's a bad outcome. Like Landon Dickerson needs to be top of the league at his position. He does. For, I think, I think if Devontae Smith is an average starting receiver, that's probably fine. I don't think. If you spend the number 10 overall pick on an average right, starting receiver, yeah. He, he he needs to be like he, he he doesn't need to be cool yo he doesn't need to be like a hall of famer but I think if he he's can, if he's uh, DJ Moore that's a good outcome DJ Moore average my well, gosh yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the matter with you fair Moore fantastic uh, he needs to be he, yeah but there aren't when I, what I mean player. like but there are like there are like you know jabroni starters who are not really starters put a yardage on it all right so so let's say you know, once he get, let's let him get through his rookie year, years two through four, five. What's the what's the, what's the deal with the? Uh, there's no more fifth year option, right? So it's just five. No, no yeah, uh, there's a fifth year option, right? Uh, I thought they yeah, ended they the fifth the year option. All right, they ended. I think, if, I think if he's a top Listen. twenty receiver, that's good. Yeah, that's not okay. But so you're say, you're saying among number one wide receivers? Yeah, probably. I guess so. But um, he doesn't. You know. There would be other. There would be guys on other teams who are not number ones, but have you know our top twenty receivers. Okay. Um, I think. I think to me, to to Zach's point, I think I think this draft. I like this draft. I think it's it's the most I've liked a draft of theirs in a while. I think um, I I have been calling for them to not overvalue short term need. I think they did that. Um, I think. Um, I think big picture, they made a lot of, of of smart picks in this draft. I think so much of this draft is going to depend on Dickerson. Um, as yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Like I, I think he is the most important player in this draft. And to Zach's point, he is the one who does. He needs to be like he needs to be a Pro Bowl level player. I think um, for this draft to really hit. And you know, it could be at center, it could be at guard, but they, you know, a lot depends on Landon Dickerson. Like them nailing that pick, and and the one one thing that I have thought about of that pick today is like if you like the pick, it it did allow the rest of the draft because he has versatility. They didn't have to necessarily draft another offensive lineman, and so if you're like thinking of how can we hit all these different positions over the course of draft weekend, I don't think this is why they took him. But if you were thinking about it that way, um, one way to do it is to take a guy like Dickerson, who if you think you can pen in as a longtime starter at any of three spots on the offensive line that works, but you know, they better get the medical right and they better get the evaluation right that 
that he is as good as they think he is. He to me, he's the he's the pivot of this draft. Well, I, I think I got carried away uh, yesterday just yelling a lot, and uh, at one thirty, that's what I it's mean, all that, about. I mean, these are these are these are as we've said, these are capsules in time. These are not to right. be taken super. But seriously. I, I think I think Zach did a good job uh, poking holes in a number of the uh, arguments uh, I was making that can kind of go either way. My like one sentence thing is the injury thing at thirty-seven to take a player who has had four. We said. Four season-ending injuries, mm-hmm. and yes. then like like I don't want to hear two years from now. Well, the offense, you know, uh, Landon Dickerson got hurt, and that's why right. the offensive yeah. line had You're issues. Absolutely right. You yes, know, or right. that you know that really, if he didn't get hurt, look at their numbers when he was in there, and look at him because you kind of have to go in thinking that the most likely scenario is that he's not going to be able to be a reliable guy who you can count on year after year after year. Now, again, injuries are random. I hope. You know, no one wants a guy to get injured. I hope he plays. He seems like a fun personality. He seems like he would be a fantastic player if he could stay healthy. So I re- I hope it works out for him and he's fantastic for them. The issue is just when I look at it, if I'm the person making the pick at 37, giving the state of my roster, like really those first two rounds, first three rounds is where I want to mitigate that risk with stuff like that. And I want to say, all right, we really like this player, but my gosh, it's not just like one injury. It's not just like last year he tore an ACL or something like that stuff happens. It's that four different times during his college career, he had a season ending injury. What are the odds that over the next five years, we're just going to be able to pencil him into the lineup week after week. And he's going to be reliable and dependable, dependable, and also reach that ceiling that you see in college. So that to me is too much risk to take on. And that's not a profile I would want with the 37th pick, but everything else, you know, that I was kind of arguing yesterday, I think there's some merit to it, but I think overall, Zach, you made uh, a good point with like the roster is not good enough, probably where you can just say, all right, you don't need to take him. Like if, if he had no injury history and he was just the guy on your board, then I think it would be much more justified. It would be justifiable. I mean, it might not be the pick that I would make, but I wouldn't be out here uh, giving it a C minus or whatever I gave it. Well, so think, the well, thing, go ahead, go ahead. yeah. So the, the thing about the injury and, and I don't know if I framed this the correct way the other night is, is, is this is not in my opinion. And from what I understand too, this is not a situation like with Sidney Jones and with Jalen Smith, where you're wondering, can he return to form from the injury he had? This is more the injury prone question. Can he have a healthy career? I think that's, which is, yeah, that's a fair framing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which could potentially be more worrisome, right? Because like it's, it's the thing is, is this a guy who's going to be injured every year? Uh, and it's going to be this injury or that injury. And he's, he's, he's just someone like some players are more fragile than other players. I don't think the type of injury he has and is, is like, you know, and, and this was the point Howie Roseman was making. A cornerback coming off a torn Achilles is a different conversation, right? Um, than yeah, it's than more guesswork. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I didn't want to make that point. Um, to the uh, Devonte Smith discussion, we have a commenter who has uh, last year's number twenty receiver in the league was Corey Davis, who had. 65 catches for 984 yards and five touchdowns. He needs to be better than Corey Davis. Like he needs to be better than. Well, that, that was also. Well, a that was his year best year of his. Year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he needs to be better than Corey Davis over the course of those five years. If he's what Corey Davis was, I mean, they're totally different players. But production-wise, I think that would be fine. 
If you um, think he was Corey Davis over the course of his rookie contract, I disagree. That Corey Davis last last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, I, think was, I think he was. If he's getting 980 yards for four years in a row, I think that's probably fine. But that's like Jordan Matthews' first three years. I would, hope, yeah, I, I would hope for more. Yeah, I would hope for more. Yeah. I don't think yeah, that's I mean, great for the number 12 overall pick. I mean, we would probably have to 10, do a, it wouldn't be 10. a disaster. Number yeah. 10. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a disaster. It's not going to sink your franchise or anything, but I think you should hope for, uh, or expect oh, more. You should hope, you should hope that. for better. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You should hope for between a thousand and 1200 yards consistently. Um, a weapon, a guy who yeah, can take over right. games like that type of guy. Yeah, I agree with that. But there's, you know, I get we're I guess we're talking about a guy who who probably does have maybe a wider variance than you would hope for. Um, but maybe. I don't know. Um, I guess I I I guess the other I, I mentioned this, but like the um the captain thing, like I don't know. I I just I always worry when you're overvaluing like one little thing. I have a question. How many captains do these teams name? Good, that's because a I, very good point. I that's swear I read, every team I must read be about talking 400 about profiles how, how of guys who are captains. So that's I don't know how point. many captains each uh, each team gets, but I'm like writing, as I'm doing the grades, every player was a team it's like, captain. It's so. like taking college tackle stats too seriously. Yeah. So you're, also, yeah, I think you're, and, right to, you're right to uh, call me on that. And, and there's a difference between like a captain who like just goes out there for the coin toss Compared to like Landon Dickerson, where in the national, he, I don't think he was game, a captain. He wasn't. I'm not so sure I Dickerson mean, he's was one of their non captains. Uh, <laughs> I think he's. I think he's I mean, like he's talked about as like a, a big leader on the team and like a, a leader yeah. of a culture changer. But I actually don't think that he was technically a captain, at least according they, to Dane's Dane's guide. They they put him on the field for the final. Um, oh, yeah, everybody, lo- everybody loves the game. guy. Like when he gets hurt, everyone comes onto the field like that type of player. Now, Devontae Smith, too, is known as like, you know, there's a difference between a guy who goes out for the coin toss and a guy who's setting, who's, you know, like Malcolm Jenkins was a captain in the sense that, that like, he 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 patrolled the locker room. For better or, or worse, he patrolled the locker room. Like, he set the tone. That's different than some other captains where it's it, it's almost like ceremonial, you know? Um, so it, it depends what you're getting out of the captain. Okay. Okay. It seems like I've a very tra- Chip Kelly thing, though. By the way, like the, yeah, yeah. I think, I know. yeah That's what worries me. Yeah. 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 Um, Marissa, your thoughts? Um. <laughs> who could? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, he was you apparently captain in the national championship game, according to a commenter. So. Mm. So I just looked up interior offensive linemen over the last 10 years. Okay. 40 of them have been first or second round picks. I guess I could probably filter this a little bit better. What are how you, many pro bowlers? Of, yeah. How many of them do you think made a pro bowl? Did you already look this up? No, but Did I think it's, it's uh, I think there's a, I think there's a big difference between guards and centers. I think um, most of the pro bowl guards are first and second round picks. Whereas centers uh, there are some other. There are some more guys who come from the middle rounds. So, how are you looking at Landon Dickerson? Good question. And I think Zach. I said that last night. Like, I think you have. I think he. I think you have to view him as a guard. Um, I'm viewing him as a center. I don't know. Five, six, but, seven, eight. Nine. All right. So ten. Uh, so ten of the forty, or twenty-five percent, in the last ten years 
of the uh, interior offensive linemen taken in the first two rounds have made at least one Pro Bowl. Okay. So I, I don't know if that's worth anything or not, but just a little, just a little base rate, I guess, as they say, as the statisticians say. All right, we've all run out of gas. Everybody's about to fall asleep. The audience I is about right. to I have to write my grades. I, I, oh, I you do? do? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, Sorry. my gosh. I, I nope. got to... I got to grade every team's class tomorrow. I might be sending Oof. texts your way about what okay. you, what everybody likes. Yeah, I'm in, I'm into that. I got to write up my I got to write up my uh, shadow draft article. Okay, I'm looking here. Someone says, Zach, have you read all those books? Or are they just I actually have 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 read all these books. I'm proud. You of really read every single book on there, and and not just that, but um, these are all all books like pre a certain year because since then I've everything I, I, I read is on the Kindle. So, mm. um, wow. Yeah. What's the my, worst, what's the worst book you've read on there? I'll give you my favorite is from this shelf here are my favorites. Um, right. well this here. Oh wait, it's organized by, by how much you like them. Well, well this one is like flashing before my eyes, um, by Dick Schaap, the life of Riley by Rick Riley. I, 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 I read this when I was in middle school and it like, it's why I want to become a sports writer. Oh, um, does he know, wow. does Big Rick flex. Riley know that? Um, I don't think so. I, okay. if he's, if, if he's if listening, listening, Jim Murray, yeah. he's probably uh, Jim watching. Murray, um, <laughs> Jim he Murray, gave us the uh, Dan Brugler update. He's probably rewriting his, he's re rewriting his own old columns too. Yeah. No. And uh, then, and then interestingly, so Rick Riley wrote something, he, he wrote a brilliant story and a column on Jim Murray. And so then I got Jim Murray, the great ones. And I became obsessed with Jim Murray. Uh, and I've, I've, I've told Jim Murray's wife about like how much I admire, his work, so I could tell you all these Jim Murray poems. Well, yeah, hold on. <laughs> what? I mean, that's kind of like a bow joke that doesn't get explained. I think you sort of need to explain. <laughs> How did you get in touch with this wife? Why were you? Yeah, I think you just need to give the background there on your There's interaction a, with his I, wife. This is one of those things where. By hour two, you forget that you're on air and you realize you're just having a conversation. Then you say it and you realize that it's like, this isn't something I, I didn't realize it's being broadcasted to YouTube. No, I was, I, in, in college. Like at a bakery. No. She was at Audubon Hardware. No. In, in college, I, I was the recipient of of an oh, award in Jim flex. Murray's honor. This guy and has more hardware than anybody I knew except for Tom and Brady. Why don't we get the hardware on here have you won? Unbelievable. And, no, and, and so, and and it's, uh, yes, yeah, so why I, that's how I, I know Linda. Um, <laughs> oh, dropping a Linda, an L-bomb. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, unbelievable. The best American sports writing of the century. Was, oh, I, yes. I have that book. Yeah, this is course, the real one, right? Zach is in it, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I can go on. I, I'll give a shout out to Tyler Kepner. Okay, if you like that one. Bruce Feldman, by the way, Kane Mutiny. Mm, I read this man. when I was in college. I, I read this when I was in college, and uh, uh, I it was it was a really good one. Um, can we and of course, you told his brother how much you liked it. <laughs> um, oh, uh, yeah, I. I read this. I remember when I was a junior in high school. This was March to Madness by John Feinstein. Um, and uh, how about a season on the brink? Have you read? I thought that was a great one. Yeah, of course I have. Well, yeah, you're not, you're not the one not pulling it yeah. out in your greatest hits thing. You're the one trashing it. Are there any books by anybody <laughs> named Paul behind you? 
I would have to look, but I'm not. Are sure. they all sports books behind you? No, I, oh. I, I mean, look, we don't have to make this a segment, but I don't know. No, I, I haven't seen you yeah, this, this into is, a segment no, 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 really yeah, since we, we started the podcast. Yeah. First off, I have all these books on the Kennedy assassination because that was my thesis <laughs> while in college. What? Um, oh my that. gosh. Um, Wait, hold on. Who do you think like, did it? <laughs> Well, no, it was on how uh, how I, I wrote a big paper in college on how Robert Kennedy was affected by his by his brother's assassination. So oh, my okay. brother wow. and this, and so um, both thought he was gonna unearth something. Uh, I'm really, I don't know. We don't have to get into this, but like, yeah, we're into I'm it, really baby. Into the presidential history. So I have a lot of, of books <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah. So, anyways, I, I don't mean to make this, um, but I, I, I've read all these books, but not like in the last calendar year. Like this was a, a lot of these were when I was in college, and um, yeah. I've never seen him so excited. This is the only uh, segment he's been into for the uh, last two years. Yeah, there's so, anyway. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, I thought that was outstanding. What do you it's think? Probably going to have to be killed JFK. It's going to have to be. We're not getting into this conversation. So now uh, I am excited. I am entering. This is like content consumption season, you know, because you don't have to. You're not behind on the draft. Uh, you kind of start formulating your thoughts for the next season, but you don't have to like do a lot of that uh, free agency. You got to get uh, going just, on your nerd guides, though. Yeah, those, those nerd guides are going to be me not opening this computer for three weeks. Those are the nerd guides this year. Uh, but I do want to, uh, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I haven't been a big movie guy and I feel mm. like I've missed out on a lot of the classics over the last like 20 years or so. So Bo, give me a hashtag like, you know, she'll watch or, uh, you know, keep it clean. Um, just any movie recommendations. Now I don't like going to like classics for shield. I don't, yeah, classics, okay, for classics for sure. I'm not going like, don't give me something from 1970 or something. Okay. I would say it has to be uh, the last, let's have say you 30 seen Casablanca? years. Let's say, uh, listen, it's, on, I'm it. telling you, I'm telling you it holds up. It is so okay. good. You will right. it, it, it. Casablanca. Yes. What the hell do I look like? Do you know? I mean, this is like, this is like, this is like me life. giving uh, you Apple stock yeah. tips, but okay. like, it's right. the best movie of all time. So if you have uh, favorite favorite movies, uh, I think listeners, you really should know my personality by now, right? I'm not, don't give me any sci-fi, fantasy, monsters, aliens. Get that stuff out of there. I don't want any of that. Uh, Who I wants do teen prefer- angst? I, I like tea. I love a teen angst. Anything in high school or college, I'm probably going to be in on it. It can be a terrible there's movie. A movie um, then- <clears throat> there's a movie that was at um, Sundance this year okay. called Coda that, um, that was really good. Okay. I liked it a lot, and all I could think about was how much you're going to love it. Oh, well, thanks for telling. Thanks yeah. for waiting until now to tell. Well, it's me. not out yet. It's not out. Oh, it's okay. not. It's not available right. yet. Okay, uh, so it can be anything. I mean, they don't all have to be comedies. Uh, I like a comedy. They can be serious, whatever. Uh, but just like, like like the movies you would go to bat for. Like you're willing to put your reputation on the line by recommending this movie to me. And I'm going to try to watch as many of them as I can on vacation. And I'll tell you what, uh, if they don't hook me in the first 20 minutes, they're getting turned off. And then you, whoever recommended them, are getting crushed on the podcast. So uh, choose carefully. What's the hashtag? What's that? What is it about? Classics for shield classics for shield. And you guys can participate. Marissa, 
Yeah, I know. I, I would love worst. to know your. Picks. I have no, no. Oh, you're the no worst. Movie knowledge now, at somebody, all. somebody okay. says he's dying to know what Zach's favorite movie is, and I feel like I have a guess. I feel like it has to be. It has to be all the president's men. Oh, I was going to say JFK. It is not. No, it's oh. it's, good, it's Goodwill Hunting. It's my favorite movie. Oh, okay. Well, I love Goodwill Hunting, so I'm not gonna. I really thought I had you pegged on all the president's men. Okay. Uh, hard, I prefer the book. Capital J Journal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Someone did make a comment about Zach Book Club. So classic. I apologize. I Zach Book Club. Yeah. Why don't we get why don't why don't we get the reverse? Why don't we get uh, classics from Zach and you tell you give listeners books that they should read? Yeah. I genuinely apologize for that. I did not mean to what apologize. About? That was I, a genuinely apologize. That was the highlight of the show. No, yeah. it was way too much like about what me. Are you we're, we're, it's the what are you talking about? Get out of here. Exactly. We've been doing oh, this for two God. years. The people want to know about you. No, yeah. no, all right. Anyways, um, <laughs> that was gold. Podcast gold, Zach. We're back this week. We have some now, good, we have good stuff in store this week. There is one book I want to ask you about behind you. If you if you look up in where you are, it'll be uh, just over like the right side of your right head on the top shelf. Your right oh. head. <laughs> underdog. Yeah. yeah, underdog. So What's that one? Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles emotional road to Super Bowl victory, um, which is about the Super Bowl season. And there's a lot in there about the 2017 draft, uh, and uh, which was in Philadelphia and then taking Derek Barnett. And so, um, and their big emphasis that year was college production. That was a college production draft. There you go. And they took some defensive players. I found that my reading, uh, I am able to read faster. Like I've, I've traditionally been a pretty slow reader or I'm one of those people who will read and then be like, shoot, I have no idea what I just read yeah. in the last four or five pages. I feel like that's really improved. I don't know if it's from this like scrolling culture where you're just like zooming through stuff and absorbing, but I feel like my uh, speed has uh, picked up a little bit. So that, that's been are, are good. You, are as we I talking hard, hard, uh, books or are you, are you on a Kindle? Yeah, uh, I'm no, I don't do a Kindle. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a. I'm reading Mist Translations by Sopan Deb, who I met mm. during a uh, Indian journalist conference. He writes Big about flex. Uh, Big flex. his uh, his life as an Indian American, his parents getting divorced, him not having much of a relationship with him, him going back to the uh, the homeland, and seeing his dad after a long time. So that's where I am right now. I'm enjoying it. I like that. Okay. Okay. I'll give you my reviews. I'll get Please a bookshelf. Do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. And maybe we've got some time uh, before the season, before training yeah, starts. Yeah, oh, that's make, great. May, we'll make, we got we'll May to August. A, uh, is a, a great time. podcast. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it <clears throat> for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks to everybody who joined us live on YouTube, the uh, millions of you who were here. <laughs> I don't know when he, sorry, I don't know when he joined, but... Uh, Draft guru and friend of the pod, Josh Norris said, I clicked on the stream at just the right time. So I don't know. I would have to get that was about eight minutes ago. So I don't, I don't know what was happening. <laughs> it must have been it must have been the the, the book tour. Um all right. Oh, well I, I guess that okay. what do you mean if you gotta stop apologizing that right. you're giving the people what they want? Anyways, we, we got good stuff this week coming up. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, uh, do we want to tease it or do we yeah, want to tease it? Yeah, so uh, Wednesday, we are speaking with Tyler Tynes from GQ, who wrote an outstanding piece on uh, Devontae Smith. And so hopefully we'll get some insight on Devontae's personality and where he's from and whatnot. That will be on, on Wednesday. 
Maybe we'll get some book recommendations from him. Rate, review, subscribe. We've given you uh, what, like six hours, uh, you know, for Marissa. Yep. Just get on there and rate, for Marissa's review, sake, please. Yeah, rate, review, unsubscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Grab your um, kids' phones. Your your uh, and unsubscribe uh, you know. to like other podcasts that yeah, and you, don't you resubscribe and don't resubscribe. Husbands, wives, neighbors, just grab their phones, subscribe, and uh, that will that will be steal nice. a phone Bye. if you need to. Um, yeah, absolutely. In order to add a subscription, so. Uh, all that good stuff and uh, and leave reviews. And of course, if uh, somehow you don't yet subscribe to The Athletic, you can do that at theathletic.com slash birds with friends and get 40% off. So for Zek, for Shield, and Marissa, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you, uh, I guess, on Wednesday. And as always, we love Paul. <laughs> and you. <laughs>